This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Carla Bass on the line. Carla, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to your uh, to your audience. Oh, thank you for being on the show. We were talking about this in the, in the pre-show. One of your many expertises is about writing and writing really powerfully, or powerfully, I should say. And the key component in writing, a lot of people think that writing is, okay, you're writing a blog post or writing a book. No, everything that we do in life is impacted by our writing and our presentation. So tell us a, a bit about why you got into this and, and obviously some of the great benefits of making sure that you write uh, powerfully to be able to you know, do the things that, that you really want to do in life. Certainly. My, I have two battle cries. The first battle cry is that powerful writing changes lives because it does. You could be the most talented individual, the most qualified for whatever the opportunity is that you seek. But if somebody else tells a better story or tells a story better, you lose. And how I came to that, what for me was a life-changing realization, occurred when I was a lieutenant colonel. Uh, I retired as a colonel from the Air Force. But when I was a lieutenant colonel, I was the squadron commander for a unit in Hawaii, 480 wonderful people. When I arrived, that unit was the most losing in the entire in in the uh, statewide quarterly and award. Uh, I'm sorry, quarterly and annual award nominations. Um, but the reason they were losing, it's not because the young people weren't deserving of these accolades. It's because their bosses couldn't write winning nomination packages. And so if, if these folks weren't winning the awards, they weren't getting the early promotions, they didn't get the pay raises, they couldn't put money away for kids going to college. So it was, it was almost a Shakespearean tragedy, not due to anything of their own fault. So I took three days, I sequestered myself in a, in a beach cabin, I analyzed my own writing, and that's how I developed the second part of, uh, of Write to Influence. I call them my word sculpting tools. So I taught my unit how to write, all 480 of them. And all of a sudden, we began sweeping the statewide awards. The other Air Force units asked if I could teach them as well, which I gladly did. But what, what just flabbergasted me was I had no idea of the vacuous need back then for these types of writing techniques. And so for the next 15 years, I ended up teaching my one-hour workshop to thousands of Air Force folks. Um, and truly, that's how I demonstrated that powerful writing changes lives. The second battle cry is that powerful writing is the lifeblood for effective operations for many of the same reasons. You have to be able to tell a powerful story to get your, uh, your opinion, your marketing pitch, whatever it is that you're trying to communicate concisely, compellingly, and as briefly as possible. And I'm a huge fan of, of storytelling and the example you gave where you had a division or a unit that was doing amazing things, but wasn't getting the recognition that it needed because uh, the reporting 
mechanism that was there wasn't strong enough to convince the decision makers to say, wow, this is some amazing effort by these individuals and they need to be recognized by simply changing how you present what you're doing. You, you, you know, pardon the pun here, but you rose through the ranks and all of a sudden you started winning um, accolades to the point where, you know, other divisions and other branches were reaching out to you and going, Hey, you know, help us do the same thing. So what that did twofold one, it, you know, it gave the recognition that was well-deserved, but it also strengthened, you know, other divisions and other branches of the military. And this can be applied to, you know, you know the civilian life and organizations and even individually um, you can actually grow your business and grow your, your influence in life just by presenting in the right way. And the written word is, is my personal favorite, you know, even though as we're talking here on a podcast show, um, I am, I am a huge, huge fan of the written word and reading and writing uh, is something that uh, has been uh, a pleasure of mine, you know, for pretty much my entire life. So, you know, congratulations to you for that. And when you see something like that happen and you know, that you're, you have that skill set to be able to transform, uh, whether it's a group or an individual, uh, to reach their goals. You know, what does that do for you personally? I mean, how does that make you feel? Um, the word fulfilling comes to mind, but that is such a pair, uh, pale shadow of, of, of what, what the, really, uh, the reaction really is. Um, I, I received an email a couple of months ago now from an individual, it was an unsolicited email, it says, Colonel Bass, you, you probably don't remember me, but I was one of your senior airmen in that particular unit. And he said, I kept that handbook that you developed for 18 years. It allowed me to, uh, to compete and be accepted into officer training school. He said, but I recently retired after 20 years as an Air Force officer, and I'm now vice president of a defense corporation because you taught me how to write. That is the wind behind my sails. That's what keeps me going. And that's an amazing story, and that's one story. I know for <laughs> the impact that we have in our lives, for the you know, things that we each individually do that impacts other people's lives, that there's an impact that we don't even know that we're causing. Um, and I am confident that there are countless numbers of people that are in a very similar position to that individual that, you know, unfortunately has not notified you of, of their success, but their, their financial well-being, their dreams, their goals in life were dramatically impacted by a skill that you taught them. And that is a superpower. Here's in my another opinion. example. And no, go ahead. You, you're so right. Here's another, and this is a very, very recent example of that. And 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 please note, this is not me patting myself on the back. This is as as an example that we we each leave echoes, and as you pointed out, very often undetected by ourselves. But on LinkedIn, an individual shared with me. It was the, he took a, a photograph of a two-page spread in a magazine. On the top part of the right-hand page was a photograph of me when I was still a colonel um, handing an award to a, a young lady. 
um, also in uniform, it turns out that that young woman is now, uh, she is now the, the owner of a multi-million dollar defense contracting agency. I contacted her and congratulated on her and was curious about the apparent of that particular photograph in that particular article, she explained that that she had observed my leadership techniques as as a woman in in a man's world, and uh, and that had that had stimulated her, inspired her to go on and and do her own amazing things, and that she keeps that particular photograph on her desk. That's you know we're, we're talking almost speechless here. I had no idea. So the, there's, a, there's a moral lesson to that also, and that every single day, whether we know it or not, you are on. People are watching, and you have the ability to impact people's lives. So, you know, do your best. Yeah, a good colleague of mine, you know, often says, show up, filled up. And, and what that means to him and, and what it means to me is you just you know, be at your best. Um, the best that you can be at that particular moment. Yes, we all have ups and downs and good days and days that aren't as good. But knowing that you are potentially a role model to many people, um, don't let that scare you. You know, own it and and invest in yourself constantly to learn. Okay, how can I make sure that I continue to grow personally? Um, so that I can continue to benefit others through my actions, through my words, through my efforts, through the, the things that I do, whether I'm working for an organization or working for clients or helping family members or, or whatnot. It, you know, the ripple effect is, is huge. And like you said, you, you had no idea that there was that individual that has you know, an image uh, of you a while ago. Um, on their desk, you know, it's like, that's, it's simply amazing. And you know, I, I, you never met that person before, or if you did, as it was long, long time ago and you would have never thought about it. And that's like, wow, that's the kind of impact that we have and don't take it lightly and don't be afraid of it, but own it and, and really seek to improve others' lives. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the old Zig Ziglar quote, you know, you know, if you want to, and I always butcher this, I should print it out and keep it on my desk. You know, basically, you know, how you can do well in life is, you know, help a lot of people get to where they want to be, which is going to help you get to where you want to be. And, and when you have that skill and everyone has a skill. And that's, go ahead. Yeah, that's exactly what I am all about now. That's what Right to Influence and my workshops are all about. The, it, it, for me, it's a calling now because I, ha I have seen incontrovertible proof that this writing methodology actually does enable people to change their own lives. So, so I'm, I'm all about teaching people these skills, which are actually very, very simple to learn. You just have to practice them. Um, it's empowering people through the use of their own words, through their own message. And all they have to learn is how to present it. And oh my goodness, the magic opportunities that can come, come as a result. It, it's so crucial. So let's talk about right to influence. Um, you, know, it's, you could do 
you know, anything. And obviously you have your, the skills that we've talked about briefly. Um, but you know, what really prompted you, um, to launch this organization and, and, and what are some of the awesome benefits that, uh, you know, the people you work with have seen? I know you've given a couple examples already, but curious to see, you know, what, you know, what kind of impact it's causing, you know, you know, in today's world, you know, what, with all of the, noise that we have you know, and the constant bombardment of of images and and messages and tweets and everything else you know what are, what are some of the you know, great benefits that uh, your your clients are seeing by going through it sure when when i retired after the the 30 years active duty i you know this right to influence it's it's in my soul there's just no simpler way to state it so for five years after i retired i toyed with with doing something with this, but there's a huge, huge step from a 20-page, a 20-page handbook that was using um, Air Force examples as, as templates to demonstrate my writing methodologies. Big difference, big jump from that to writing a bona fide book for, for the civilian world with corporate examples and, and so forth. It took, me, it took me years to get around to doing that. And at one point, I was so frustrated with myself, it was either Carla, do this seriously and, and get it out in print or flush it. And I, I could not flush it. And to use a double negative, I could not not write the book because I had seen the benefit that, that it brings. And so that's, that's why, that's why I, I chose this path. Uh, another example, very recent, uh, to answer your question about the benefits, I, uh, I gave a, a, a two-hour workshop to, it's called Leadership Loudoun. Loudoun is a county out, out here in Virginia. The, the attendees were leaders from um, county government and also county private-owned businesses. The response from that was tremendous. Uh, they said, essentially, that in two hours of a workshop, those who attended added, added thousands of dollars to their bottom lines because they could now write to win. So, so this type of writing and, and the workshops enable people to compound dramatically the benefits that they're already bringing to people and to expand their client base because they can, can communicate what their benefits are more clearly. I, um, I teach a, a workshop to a client. I, it's a two-day workshop that I give them in Chicago and also in New York City. These, the attendees are, are essentially young, talented millennials uh, who have graduated and learned their technical skills, but our academic system here no longer teaches people how to write concise crisp, compelling, and so folks graduate, even the super talented young people graduate what I, what I describe as writing fat, not writing skinny. And, and so this particular client has come to me, it's now the second consecutive year because they, they gained so much, uh, so much benefit from the workshops. And it brings up a good point, and I, and I agree with you. Um, the education system, uh, and this is not a, a slam against the educators. Um, I know that they're doing the best that they can, and they have to follow the curriculum that is laid out by various school boards and whatnot. But I, I agree with you. Um, what is being taught today is not in alignment with what society needs, employers need. 
Uh, and uh, again, we, we talked about this a little bit in, in the, in the pre-show about uh, with social media and attention spans and everything like that. Um, you have to, you know, like you, the example you gave, right? Skinny and, and get to the point. And even, you know, in, in some of the work that I'm doing um, and, and helping an organization with some grant proposals and whatnot, you know, there's this, mindset of okay we got to fill it up with all of this fluff and this and this it's like you know what here's a bullet point here's a hyperlink to the website they can look at it and figure out what the organization does if they don't know about us already and from there this is why we're asking for this grant money this is how we're going to use it if we are successful in getting the grant and and this is how it'll benefit your community by us doing this and and, and get you know pinpoint and, and also look, you know, for, you know, those cues that um, the grant reviewers are going to be looking for in order for you to have a, a decent chance in, in winning that award. Yep. Let, let me share two, two overarching principles and then one of my writing strategies. The first overarching principle I explain as, as this, imagine, seriously, right now, imagine a a white rectangle. It's about an inch tall and five inches wide. That and now, now inside that rectangle, put the big bold word opportunity. Got it? The message there is that every single writer, both nonfiction and fiction, every writer is constrained by two items. You're constrained by the reader's time. Everybody is busy. Knock, knock. I'm busy. What do you want? Tell me quickly. I've got other things to do. And you're also constrained by space, literally often. Uh, government forms will limit you um, to the amount of, of, of space that you're allocated to either give input to your performance appraisal, uh, justify resources, whatever the message is, there's actually often a demarcated line on the uh, area on the form. So that's all the space you're allocated. On web pages, it's the above the fold web page. Um, so the, the, the individual, the writer who can best leverage that time and that space wins. So that white right that white rectangle is opportunity that's the first principle the second principle is given that fact you need to not bury the golden nuggets if you only have x amount of minutes or sometimes seconds to catch the reader's attention and make your point the most important part of your message needs to go first and then it's backed up with the ancillary information. People so often make the mistake of putting down all of the, let me lead you into the story, let me give you the background information. At that point, you've lost the reader. So time, space, boom, give me the important stuff up front, or I may not hang with you long enough to get to it. And the other point, going to your comment about the grant writers, the other principle is empathy. You have to know the audience, know your reader, know your listeners, and what they need, and then write to those needs. So if you are applying for a grant, know what it is, know the grant, the grant provider's mission, its values, its targets, its desires, and then match up your capabilities and what you offer to, to those items. I call that the great match game. 
and then tell your story in a compelling and a prioritized manner. No, I love those things. And I love uh, the opportunity component. And I, that's, that's one of those things where I'm going to commit that to memory because there's a lot of things we fill out all the time, whether it's, you know, for myself, you know, to you know, be on other podcast shows or, you know, fill out applications for anything and, you know, look at that box as an opportunity. And, and again, another key point, I really want people to, you know, to write this down is, you know, know your audience, no matter what you're doing, whether you are a writer, you write blog posts, you're an author, you're a podcast show host, or you're applying for jobs or applying for grants or anything like that. Know what your audience needs and then write, you know, in a way that addresses those needs because their brain is looking for that. The, uh, the second edition of Right to Influence was published um, last month. There's a chapter in there. I, I, I really enjoyed writing this particular chapter. It's called The Psychology of the Catch, Know Your Audience. And so I, I couch this as a fisherman in the context of being a fisherman. In the, the, the skilled, the knowledgeable fisherman will know the characteristics of the particular fish he's trying to catch, know the feeding pattern, know where they tend to swim, know the impact of weather on, on their feeding patterns, know the depth of the water in which they reside. He knows the target audience. It's the very same psychology for a writer, fact or fiction, in trying to effectively communicate with the audience. You have to target them by knowing what they need, who they are, and then, and then play to that. And if you do that, and if you make that the mandate of everything that you do, um, you will notice sooner than later, I mean, I wish I could tell you, you'll notice in 30 days or less. No, who knows what it'll be. But you will notice an improvement in your success rate and what you're trying to accomplish, whether it's getting more readers, getting more listeners, getting more approvals on grant applications, getting more job interviews uh, for writing and you know, cover letters and, and resumes and things like that. It, it, again, you know, writing has such an impact on so many facets of life and doing it the right way um, it will create all types of positive impact for you and the people that you serve. The, uh, I partnered with uh, a wonderful gentleman named Tim Newlin, N-E-W-L-I-N. Tim is the artist uh, who, who provided so many of these lighthearted um, caricatures there in the book. Right to Influence, by the way, is not a boring, stuffy textbook. It, it, it's a lighthearted touch. It, it speaks to the reader just like you and I are communicating. So I wanted lighthearted um, images to convey some of these points. So, so Tim Newland is a Disney certified artist, but even more importantly, he is a, uh, he's an American expat who lives in Denmark. His professional career, in addition to being such a wonderful graphic artist, he was 
I mean, for, for images and, and cartoons and such. He was a, a graphic artist supporting five research universities in Denmark. The, the difficulty that uh, scientific and te technical folks have is in communicating their ideas to the boards that allocates funds for their particular projects. Like anything else, if you can't convince the fund, the, 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 the money owners, the, the funders of the merits of your project, you're not going to get supported. So, so these scientists would come to Tim and he would, he would provide uh, graphic images, not cartoons, but, but graphic images to help convey to the funders the merits of all these brilliant ideas. And, and so Tim's, um, Tim's background, his professional background mirrored very much the message of the entire book here. You have to tell your story well and concisely in a language that the audience is going to understand. You know, Tim, Tim told me that there are so many brilliant ideas that, that end up on the cutting room floor, which is a, kind of a tragedy for, for human society, simply because the individuals weren't able to convey them in concise language that communicated to the, to the audience. Yeah, it makes you think how many great creative things, whether it was books or grant applications or even resumes uh, of people that would be absolutely amazing to work for your organization don't make it through because you know the it wasn't concise and it wasn't written in a way that caught your attention and it's, it's mm -hmm. those little tweaks that really make it uh, possible for people to really reach levels that you know they dream about and, and really aim to hit so I've loved our conversation today and I want to know where people can find out more about you, uh, you know, about the book and anything else that you're working on today. Uh, yes. My, my website is www.writetoinfluence.net. They can email me at Carla, C-A-R-L-A at writetoinfluence.net. Um, and what I'm working on now is, is just continuing to get the word out there and, and teach as many workshops as possible. This is in addition to my day job, by the way. I still work for the federal government here, and I, I love that job also. So uh, I don't sleep a lot because I have, I have two simultaneous passions. But I guess, you know, concluding message is that writing powerfully is essential whether you're wanting to develop and retain in-house talent or, or compete in, uh, in large-scale award programs, either for your corporation or for yourself as an individual. Defend existing budgets, justify more resources if, if you have a story that you, that you think is, uh, is worth telling, uh, or working in the occasional miracle. You can't do that if you can't write persuasively. That's awesome, and I'll definitely have that information in the show notes. And and Carla, you're doing amazing work, and, and we've talked about it before in the show, uh, and you know it. You know The impact that your work has caused in people's lives and continues to, to cause um, speaks volumes, and it, it really has made an impact on, on so many lives and continues to do so. So thank you for, for being on the show. really appreciate you and all the, the work that you're doing. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, and, and I wish your, your audience good luck in all that they do. Thank you. Thank you.
Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.